we are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we get to jump in and break down and dissect our Brotherhood Breakfast from January with Pastor Whit George. Uh, guys, this is the first first podcast of the year. It's uh, we we're a little a uh, little later um, w- with releasing this, so I appreciate you guys' patience. But uh, yeah, excited to kick off twenty twenty three with Pastor Whit. He always brings a, uh, a strong message that kind of sets the tone for the year. So I'm excited to dig into that. Uh, and as always, I have Matt here with me today that to, to kind of help walk through it, give a, another perspective of, uh, you know, how, what, what he thought of it and, uh, what we were able to glean from his message. So Matt, hello. Good to see you again. Hello. Hello. Happy new year to you. A little bit belated, but of course it is good to yeah. see you. Got to see you at the breakfast briefly from far away. I don't no, know you if didn't. you saw me. No, you didn't. Uh, I wasn't there. What? <laughs> You're kidding. Again. Yeah. I'm slacking. Oh, I'm slacking. I was at, I, I was out of exposed town uh, live. and I got in late and I was not able to make it to the breakfast. So, oh, I swore so, I yeah. looked over but, to your table or what I thought is usually your table. And I saw the back of you. I saw the back of yeah. somebody. It's probably a handsome man. Oh, I just saw his back. So, yeah, I don't know. Don't know. I can't <laughs> say that. But yes, good to see you then for the first time. For the first yeah. time. Really? This is. Yeah. News to me. Yeah, happy 2023. Love kicking off once again with Brotherhood. Should be a great year. Uh, excited to talk about what Pastor Witt talked about. Once again, knocked it out of the park. He does such a great job. He's brought messages year after year after year that were timely in the moment. And then six months later, you realize, wow, that thing is still lingering. It's still resonating. That message is still here. So once again, I'm sure in the summertime, we will be dealing with these three things about Abraham and how they affect our life. Yeah, well, I, I think especially like if we're, we're diving into the following God, God part, right? Like that's an ongoing journey. And I, I think sometimes we got we to gotta right size and, and adjust our mindset because um, I don't know about you, but life gets in the way of pretty much everything. And so we get into this. Uh, ebb and flow that I know we've talked about where it's like we recognize we're reminded we we realize that we need to follow God more we need to engage more we need to hear from him and not carry the weight of life all all the time it's it's, it's we're not designed for that but I, I think sometimes we we get kind of mixed up in the the part like our part right because there, there is a part that we play in it mm-hmm. but I think uh we try to shoulder way more of it than we than we should so this is a great reminder of 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 that i mean uh what kind of uh alluded to this being actually he didn't allude he, he came out and said like this is his life verse this is a verse that really resonated with him in, in hebrews eleven eight. and uh as he kind of went through it I, I could see i could see where he uh would definitely resonate with it but uh, for me too i mean i i feel like this is a uh, a really good description of my my journey and what it's like to follow God. Um, the, the verse goes, by faith, Abraham was called by God to go into a land that he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, though he did not know where he was going. And uh, I, I agree with Wit. I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know where we're going, uh, going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. In my journey. Yes. And uh, I think that there's some peace in that, right? I think that for men, like we're supposed to have it all together. But I think that like deep down inside, there's a little bit of anxiety, like, right. I, like, I know I should be doing something. I should have my purpose figured out. I should have, um, my strengths figured out and, and what I'm supposed to do and, and lead my family well and do all this other stuff. And, and then I think there's that anxiety. There's that tension of, I have no clue what I'm doing and, uh, I really don't want to screw this up. Right. So, so we're, we're walking through that, but I think, based on what this verse says, and especially if we're, we're taking um, Abraham's journey and applying it to our own, which I think we can do, um, it, it gives me peace to know that Abraham didn't know where he was going either. He was just following God. And, and I think that there's a lot to that that I'm excited to dig into because um, Whit, Whit mentioned it. A lot of the 
leadership parts of, of things that we do is, is really important, but it, it kind of struck me um, differently when he said that the Bible doesn't talk about le- a lot about leadership. It, it talks a lot about being a good follower, like being a, like that's how we describe ourselves, right? A follower of Christ. But somewhere in the middle of that, we, we feel like we, we need to have all this leadership too. So, uh, you know, Matt, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on all of that. But uh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm continuing to let it just soak in because I, I think there's a lot more depth there than, than what you think is on the surface. Yeah, that statement hit me too. The idea that leadership's not in the Bible. You know, that's a blunt statement. It is in the Bible. You know, there is content. But the bulk of the story of the Bible is not being a leader. It's being a follower. You just said it. And, of course, he brings it out. When I listened to the podcast again in prepping for this conversation, it hit me again. And I knew it was coming. And, listen, I've heard him say that before and other speakers say that before, that the Bible is largely about following and not leading. Of course, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, which starts to present this idea that, other people are following us, and then that's where we get set on leadership. But when he said the church and Christians have become a bit obsessed with leadership, that reminds me of being a bit obsessed with yourself and your ability to do things, to shoulder things that only God should shoulder, which you mentioned earlier. This idea that we play a part, but we don't play the whole part. So I think that does bring some peace. When you're ready to trust God and you're willing to trust God, it does help you relax a little bit. I mean, truth be told, it helps me go home on Fridays and know, you know what? God's got it. Monday's going to be fine. I can just enjoy my family, enjoy my kids. I don't need to overwork this weekend. I don't need to pull hours that really aren't, are just me building the house. They're not God building the house. So it adds some rest into like, wow, I'm turning the keys over to God because ultimately this is his show, not mine. That's true. Uh, I think that it, if, if I were to kind of, uh, read between the lines of what, 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 what's talking about or what really what God's trying to communicate to us through, through the message of following is when you're in a situation where you're following somebody, your, your posture is different. That's good. Your, um, the, the, the way that you interact is different. You're in a position where you have to listen right? So we're not the ones doing the talking. And I think that we have to, in order to be a good follower, we have to put in ourselves in a position of listening, which, you know, we touched on that. But I think that even when I think of prayer, I think of prayer as me talking, right? Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of it. Like we, we don't normally get into like a a church service or like when somebody's like praying for a, a big group of people, it's, it's not a us listening situation more than likely it's a us talking situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that being a follower of God and, and, and assuming that role where we're allowing God to guide us, we're allowing God to lead us and, and point us in that direction uh, really changes like how, how we interact and I, I think that we want to know, I want to know, I'll, so I'll, I'll be a little vulnerable here to start off the year. Ooh. I want to know all the answers. Yeah, I want to know all the yeah. answers. I want to be the guy who knows what's going on. This is true, Who folks. knows where the dangers are and who has prepared for it. Um, because I, I just want to do it. I want to be effective. I want to do it right. I want to, whatever the, the adversity is, whatever the challenge is, like I want, I want to minimize that time in adversity. So I, I want to find the, the hacks, right? Like the life hacks to, to get through is whether it's financial, whether it's, uh, in marriage, raising kids. Right. So I'm, I'm going to be kind of constantly searching for some of that insight, which, which is not bad. Like, I'm not saying don't do that, but if we're in a position where we have all the life hacks, we have all the answers and we know how to fix everything, what role does God play in that? What, what role does, is, is he in a position where he can speak to you, where you can learn from your successes and your failures, I think, I think we're in a much better position when we fail because that we've already tried our way Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it didn't work. So that's, that's why we get into a position of listening after failure because there's nothing else for us to do to sit down and shut up and and realize that we screwed it up. 
So possibly what God's trying to communicate, yeah, is is if maybe if you shut up and listen and be a follower, yeah. That's the life hack. Well, I mean the picture you're painting is a lot of times we're trying to lead God. We're out there saying, "Hey, I got this good idea. Could you just jump on board and make this thing happen for me?" Yeah. And when you talk the whole time in prayer, it's easy to come away thinking, "Yeah, all right. We're good. God's good. He's got this. He's going to provide. He's going to do his thing. You know, he'll be over there doing his thing. I'll do my thing." And then you fell miserably and you're like, "Well, wait a second. Maybe he was saying something and I wasn't listening." And too often we're making God a last resort instead of a first priority and we fail on our face quickly. Yeah. The more often I listen when I've asked questions and try to get a real sense, I don't get a lot of words from God. I get a lot of pictures in my head, pictures in my soul, pictures in my, like my gut is probably the best reference of it. And then it's real vague. It's kind of fuzzy. And I just let it sharpen, slowly come into focus and I'm doing that through steps. Like he'll give me a little piece here, a little piece there, a little piece there. And I'm kind of working to follow his lead in this picture of what I'm supposed to do. That is more often when I fail, excuse me, I succeed in my relationship with him. And then that in turn brings success, albeit not usually what I pictured. It brings success in my life across the board. No sorrow to it. Yeah. Uh, you, well, you described it as like a feeling in your gut, I think is what you said. Um, I think what, what, what wit is proposing and, and teaching is that a, a lot of times that allowing God to speak to you is through scripture. So sometimes that that's, it's already in you, right? Like you've already meditated on it, but I think we kind of almost need to pull back a little bit and recognize, and I think we've talked about this before, that if you want to understand and hear God's voice and, and recognize God's voice, well, his voice is in it, in the scripture. So like if you if you study and meditate on that, then when he speaks to you, you'll know what his voice sounds like. And I think that it's really important for us to recognize that because from a calling perspective, Abraham was called by God to go to a land that he would later receive in, as his inheritance, but through that calling, like he had to know in in some communication where he was supposed to go because he was called to a, a different place. So understanding God's voice, recognizing God, this is you're drawing me to this area, and through that communication, that that's how he's able to get there. Now, for what Witt's talking about specifically in, in in scriptures is that that meditation on it, and it's that constant um, focus, and and I think sometimes like when you look at something and you, and you read that verse by faith Abraham when called by God to a land that he would later go and receive his inheritance obeyed and went though he did not know where he's going. If I just read that with, just read through that right, just buzz right through that. I don't know that I get anything, but if I really sit on those words, I, I they almost kind of like open up uh, to where you start to experience the message a little bit more. Maybe you, you put yourself in Abraham's shoes during sandals. I guess it would be sandals. Put yourself in Abraham's sandals and uh, and go, all right, so, so how did God communicate to Abraham where he was going? And... So there was an there's an inheritance tied to that like so Abraham doesn't even know that there's an inheritance tied to that so so that's like another layer that I, I'm I, I need to kind of further develop and see what that inheritance actually was uh, then going into the just the it just says he obeyed right yeah yeah I don't know about you but I don't I don't always just obey right off the bat when God tells me to do something. Like there was no question. There was no like he stewed on it for a little bit. He was just like, "Yeah, I'm going." Like I'm, I'm literally packing up, moving, and going someplace that God told me to go to. Yeah, I think there's a lot of examples where he didn't obey, and that's very relatable to us. You know, this is the moment when, at least, it's described in the scripture. Of course, we can't even be sure of how long God spoke to him. We know he was with his father and his father-in-law in an idol shop, I believe, and then he just ups and leaves, takes a lot with him. So. And then later on, he's got a few mishaps himself where he does some disobedience like we do. We get to see our whole life, of course. We just get to see this, the parts that he got written down in the Bible. But the process that Pastor Witt talked about, 
is, and to clarify, it's not really a feeling. That's a tough word for me to hear because it's more of just a picture in a sense. I guess sense is where maybe that word feeling comes into play, but it's that picture of like, this is getting, I'm getting a clearer and clearer, like the lights turning on, like Paul talked about all the time where the revelation light pops on and I'm getting clearer and clearer in sense. And that comes from meditating on scripture, meditating, spending time in prayer. Yeah. It's interesting you said that this scripture doesn't mean much. I was going to point that out at the very first. That, that That's the cool thing about God is just reading through this the first time, maybe 30 years ago when I got saved, it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of a narrative, a descriptive narrative about what was going on back then, and Paul's kind of tie it in, tying it into this big conclusion. But then as I've lived a longer life with God and followed God and spent more time in walking in his ways, and understanding his personality and how he does things. When I read that now, it's so much more. Because I'm like, uh, that's totally what it feels like. By faith, Matt obeyed and went to a place that he was called to that he did not know where he was going. That's, it's like, that's literally every day in Christianity. That's literally every day talking to God. It's like, oh, this is, what I, this is the step I'm taking? Are you sure? Like, I know you're God, but are you sure, sure that this is the right step? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll just take this step because... This is what you want me to do. And that becomes your life every day. I mean, Pastor Whit pulled it out, pointed it out that our life as a Christian really is this following where we don't know where we're going. So I read that now or hear somebody talk about it. And I think, oh my gosh, that meant so much more than the first time I read Hebrews. It meant so much more yeah. than the first time I went through this list, the heroes of faith. It's what Hebrews 11 is often called. It's more than just a buildup to a big conclusion of Jesus kind of, uh, taking care of the law and fulfilling all those Old Testament prophecies. It is the process. I, I've thought this so many times, Evan. Abraham and a few other people got to live a life very similar to us. So the majority of the Old Testament misses out on Jesus and the connection, him being the blood that covers, you know, they're doing sacrifices over and over and over. So I, ha I think in my mind, they must have experienced a distance that we don't necessarily feel. We probably do feel it when we're unsaved, but it's hard to go back to that spot. Sometimes I think when I'm not in fellowship with God and I haven't spent a lot of time with God, you kind of get that distant feeling. Sometimes I think like that's maybe what they lived their whole life like. But we have a sense of closeness. You know, the uh, scripture later on in the New Testament where it says we've been brought near by, by the blood of Christ. So we have a sense of connection and intimacy with God. So Abraham was walking that, like he was living the life we get to live daily. He was getting to live it. That sense of like, I'm close to this being that I can't see, but I'm following it through this draw on an inner part of me, not on my mind or my physical senses, but this inner part of me that is drawing me. And it's this personhood, which is of course, God, that is so you read this, and you think, man, that's how good God is, is you can read scripture 30 years later and be like, oh my, that is totally how it is. Like, I've never seen that. It's like this before until today. And yet that's been there the whole time. Yeah, I think life experience definitely plays into that. And it, oh, yeah. it, it opens it up a little bit more. And we have a, we have a greater appreciation for it. And, uh, or like, just like, there'll be something in there that you'll just all of a sudden connect with because you've, you've had mm -hmm. a similar uh, circumstance. So like the, the analogy that, uh, that Whit talked about was the, uh, you know, best Christian places, workplaces to work or whatever, and how from a listening standpoint, like we're, so we're talking about calling, we're talking about, you know, God's calling us. So we have to put ourselves in a posture of listening and, and following and all that other stuff. But then the, the next depth to that is, Sometimes what you're going to hear, you're not going to like. Oh, <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah. And, and it's not good. And and uh, maybe that's why, from a prayer standpoint, we don't do a lot of listening. It is. No, you nailed it. What's being what's being communicated <laughs> is uh, like the stuff that, like I'm going to say your conscience, like it, it, it's kind of like you're, you know, there's, there's like a code that's kind of that, that God's put into you, that moral code, right? So it's like, I know I should do this. I know I shouldn't do that. I, I would liken the, the similar, like, listening to God part. Like, I know I should go here. Like, I can tell that the calling is drawing me in this direction, but I'm fighting it because I don't like it. Mm -hmm. 
and and so there's that uh was it a holy unrest i think that's good is what it's called yeah, i've heard that before that's good where to say that yeah i in previous podcasts i was i called it an unholy rest but it's a it's oh, a holy wow. unrest yeah so i screwed that one judge up. you so today if you listen to those yeah yeah i uh i probably would get canceled for that now but, uh, i think uh, for sure anyway it's a holy unrest so like you you just know there's a there's a a burden in there and and sometimes in that you have to confront those challenges and in some cases you just got to you got to sit there and listen which takes humility it takes um like an openness and recognizing that like you don't have all the answers and again that tension that we talked about of like I want to know the answers I I I want to know what to do in that situation because I feel like that like I add value when I do that, which I feel like is my purpose and all that other stuff. And so like I'm fighting those things. But when we're talking about our creator and who God created us to be like, this is, this is a, an, an outline um, that even Wit kind of pushed on, which was like, God speaks, we listen, God leads, we follow. And so there's a formula here that, that we can follow, but us as created beings, um, uh, for some reason, have the audacity to go back and say, yeah, I understand that like, it's mostly a, like a, you lead, you follow thing, but <laughs> hear me out. Maybe I lead this time and you follow oh, it's true. just because, you know, I have a pretty good idea of, of what's going on or I'm, I'm used to having the answers. And, uh, I don't know. I think of like a 80 sitcom where God just kind of looks at the camera or, or even like the office and just kind of gives the eyeballs, you know, just mm-hmm. like the, here we go. Again. Here we go again, for sure. <laughs> so true. <laughs> God, God embodies Jim from the office every once in a while. <laughs> you know, it's 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 in your prayer time. You're over there, like, hey, uh, God, yeah, you know what? You're good on the throne there. You just, I got this one. Um, you know, you did yeah. you did the whole making the earth thing. I'll just do my life. You know, if that's cool with you, you know. And, it's, and he's like, okay, all right, all right. Well, well, let's see how that works out for you. And then you're back. Oh God, it's a terrible idea. Why didn't you help me? And he's like, yeah. pretty sure you told me not to. And you're like, ah, oh, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I think he also mentioned that like when, when God speaks, like he doesn't always speak through like an audible voice in your head. He can oh. speak through your, your wife. Ugh. He yeah, can speak through fun. your, your friends, your brotherhood. Right. So, yep. so we'll, 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 we'll talk about the brotherhood part of that because maybe, maybe the wife is a little too close to home, but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, I think that relationship that, that puts us in that place, which jumps ahead a little bit, like, you know, where he's talking about the people. But I, th- I think that ties in perfectly because to hear God through your brotherhood, to hear God through your wife, to hear God through the people that are strategically placed in your life, like, you have to be willing to listen. And sometimes we want to fight that. And ultimately, we're, we're pushing against God. Because, again, it's that, that moral conscience that we have that moral law that we have inside of us it's that pull that that's that pull we know that god is speaking to us because we we, we've meditated on the scripture we know his voice we know he's guiding us in that direction and now we just got to sit and listen recognize that we don't have the answers and follow god through it yeah 100 percent. you get on it matt start following god Jeez. oh yeah i should start I'm following you, man. Where are you going? You t- I'm, I'm just looking at your example. You know, whatever Evan does, yeah. that's I'm rolling in and doing. So, yeah, all that unholy resting you've been doing, pretty much I'm blaming my life Holy on unresting. you. Holy unresting. Holy unresting. <laughs> Let's get to the uh, three. I'm, I'm anxious to talk about the three things he came up with. And, you know, this is where you shine. So, calling, place, and people. Well, I, I feel like we've been talking quite a bit about calling. Uh, yeah, we have. Right? We just haven't. Name, yeah. named it we haven't said abraham was called. called and you listener who's called it's called yeah i'm called even believe it or not evan Uitake. do i say that right is that close enough no you don't oh what did it say you're butchering it you're killing it it sounds so cool Uitake. what Uitake. Uitake. oh i put more Uitake. i too too much oi in there Uitake. that's nice yeah it's cool it's all right it's, pretty cool. it's nice it just rolls off the tongue when you Ooh, a talk. Once you know it. Ooh, Ooh a talkie, talkie, talkie. Yeah, I can, I can go somewhere with that. No, let's. No, this is no. I don't want to go. I'm not following you. Oh, you're not. Oh, that's not yours. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, even, even you, you are called. I'm, I'm telling. I'm saying it today. You are called. Don't, don't, don't question it anymore, it. Evan. You are it. called. No, I'm, 
I'm listening. Keep going. Yeah. Called to impact and influence people impact. for the kingdom. Reconcile them to Jesus. That's great. That's straight scripture right there. Right there. That is. I, I receive it. I'm, I'm not sure what to do with it. Oh, you don't have to because we know Abraham was called to a place where he did not know where he was going. We didn't know. And you yeah. likewise have been called to a ministry that you don't know where you're going. Clueless. Yeah. So is that permission for us to just be lost? Mm, well, no. Is that why God calls us the lost? Well, I, I, Abraham like we, wasn't lost. God knew where he was. Before we were saved. Like, so we're literally, we're lost. We're chasing our own ambitions. And then like, we're no longer lost because we're following him because he knows where we're going. That's exactly, I mean, you basically, that's the story of the gospel in a nutshell. You just squeeze the bottle, the Bible down to uh, two sentences. Very good. I didn't, I didn't mean to squeeze it. I just, I don't know. It just kind of, just kind of came in my head. Yeah. Just popped in there. All right. So we talked about calling. Called. Yeah. This is great. Talked about calling. So now, so place. God calls people to places. This is. Uh, I think the interesting thing though is like. Oh, okay, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. I was going to say, this is not taught very often. In fact, I may have only heard maybe Pastor Witt's dad, Pastor Willie George, King George, uh, maybe he's said it, but I I have not heard this idea taught much outside of Pastor Witt and his message. Now, granted, I don't get around to a lot of places or a lot of different speakers, so maybe it is. But the idea that you're called to a place, like you're fit, into a specific place so that job you're in that you hate ooh, that's tough you're probably called to that place now i mean maybe you need to go i don't know maybe god's calling you away but you're called to a place and that's that's important to consider it's important that it also puts some very practical ground level meaning to where you are right now today you're called to this place where you're at i'm called to this business your call to your job. God has a plan for that spot. Yeah, I, I think uh, the the really interesting thing that I, I kind of got out of that is, so I feel like he's implying that when we're in uncomfortable places that God is ultimately calling us to those places. Mm-hmm. Like God, uh, I can't remember who talked about it. It was a while back, but kind of made the analogy of like, from a like a church perspective sometimes churches can be kind of country clubbish and it's it's like we always want to just be around other christians we just we we have this kind of like code of like you know you stand up at this time or you're respectful during this time or you listen during this time like you just kind of go through all the motions a little little ritualistic but at the same time like like if if somebody from like the lost category comes into church and they don't do what we think that they should do, then there's like all this judgment and it's like, you know, we feel disrespected and and all that other stuff. Um, And from that perspective, like that's not like God, like if you look at Jesus example, like he wasn't hanging out in a congregation all the time, just like, you know, attending church every single Sunday, he was called to the lost he was called to go outside of that. He was called to the people that weren't necessarily the ones that like knew the code, right? Like knew when to stand, knew when to, to repeat after me, like knew when to be X, Y, Z. So I think the important thing is like he's modeled that. But I think the other side of that is when we're called to a place that we don't necessarily want to be in, it, it can be, I'm going to, I can think of two reasons. Maybe you can think of more, but I think one is like, he's, he's, he's taking you somewhere because uh, he's going to use you as his hands and feet to reach somebody, which I I believe he talked about um, last week in church where um, I can't remember his name, basically went to the woman in the well. He says like he had to go there. And I think that was God placing him in in that position to, to reach that person. Um, but I think the other side of it is when God calls us to un- uncomfortable places and, and, and we have a calling to that place, it's for refinement. It, it's to, to develop us. I don't think I'm going to develop in, in a place where I'm comfortable all the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to develop in a place where there's adversity. I'm going to develop in a place where I have to depend on God because it's easy to depend on God. It's easy to not depend on God in church. Cause like, I mean, it's, 
68 degrees all the time and there's this really engaging music and lighting and it's like oh this is awesome like I don't feel a lot of adversity in church but when I'm out in the world I'm out in my job I'm with my family and things aren't going the way that I think it, it should go and 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 I, I'm trying to fix it that's when I'm being refined God's calling me to that place to help lead and guide me to, to who he created me to be and to reach the lost and to help other people. So it's, it's a twofold relationship, but I think that calling to that place is not something that we should look at with like, uh, God put me here. I, I think the, the other side of it is like, God's called you to this place. This, this is an opportunity for you to grow and for you to impact other people. And I think if we change our mindset on that, 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 that gives you, again, a lot of freedom to be like, all right, I have peace with this. God wants me here. I'm not going to look at this with, uh, you know, a reason why I'm being held back. I'm going to look at this as this is developing, developing me for something bigger. Yeah. And I think in all places are both comfortable and uncomfortable. It's all in your perspective and how you look at something. A lot of times we discount quickly all the comfortable parts of where we're at, especially if we're in a place where we're like, oh, we don't really like this place anymore. You know, jobs come to mind pretty easily. Relationships are too easy to get in and out of if you don't like them. Now, your marriage, of course, isn't. So um, if you're in a place, and truth is, a lot of people are in a place, but they don't like their marriage or their relationship with their husband or wife, our case, wife, of course. But so... All places become comfortable and uncomfortable. And I think we've got to be grateful for the things that are the comfortable spots. And then you just mentioned grateful for the uncomfortable, remembering that they're to refine us. You know, two years ago, I was, I went to the mountain and what God spoke on the mountain was something similar in that the place he put me was wide. He brought that scripture to mind where he says he, places your foot on a wide space, wide path. It's right next to a thousand will fall on your right, fall on, fall on your right side, 10,000 on your left, but it will not come near you because you're in a spot where your feet won't stumble. And that's a good thing to remember when you're in that uncomfortable place or the place that feels difficult or too difficult or risky is that if God's got you there, he's also got you in a place that's founded on him. And if it's founded on him, then no matter what it looks like and how close it appears it's getting to you, the threat or the danger or the peril or the loss or whatever it might be, no matter how close it gets to you, it's not going to get to you. You can actually get comfortable in the spot that is uncomfortable. So go with me on this. Last year for me in the business, a lot of growth happened. I mean, a lot of growth, but it was on razor thin margins. So a lot of times every week, I think I probably told the story every week. I'm believing God for the work to come in, people to pay their bills so I can pay payroll, like real solid stuff with a few, a few zeros on them. So I asked the Lord, I was Lord, I was like, Lord, help me get comfortable in this. I get it. I pretty much chose this life. Welcome to be an entrepreneur. You're always playing with, is the money going to come in at the right time? And yeah, I'm sure I'll get to that place where I've got my emergency fund big and margins wide enough. And, you know, I'm, I can write a book or something about how I did it, but I'm not there now. So he's got me in a place where faith wise, I'm constantly believing God for the right I'm not believing for miracles. I don't want to paint that picture. I'm doing the right principles, all those things. But you're still believing God for those things to connect. What comes to mind a lot is when Paul said, Paul sows, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. That increase part is my faith walk. So I just asked the Lord, I want to get comfortable here. I want to stop being so surprised every time you put me in a place where I've got to be really trust you and believe you. And over the last six to seven months, I am more comfortable with believing God for something on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, March, April, whatever it is. My, it's not that it's less challenging to my physical senses. It's still just as challenging to my physical senses. But my internal psyche doesn't react as quickly. 
It's not as up and down responsive where it's like panic. Oh, okay. Panic. Oh, okay. It's more of a just even flow. This is what God does. He came through the last 12 months. He's probably going to come through again. It's a good bet that God has been faithful all my life. He's not going to pick January of 2023 to stop being faithful. He's going to keep being faithful. So my encouragement because of what I'm starting to live through to my future self when I go through tough situations and anybody listening who is in a tough God put me here situation or tough I screwed up and God put me here situation. Man, the Lord can get your emotions comfortable with being uncomfortable. You just learn to embrace it. Like, hey, welcome to life. Here we go. Yeah, I, I, I would echo that. Uh, you know, my journey for over the last four or five months has kind of been the same thing. You know, the uncomfortability of not knowing where my income is going to come from, the uncomfortability of not knowing, uh, you know, how I'm going to make it work. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing for me was through that there, I, I, I was, I was, so I, I'm not going to say I wasn't stressed. Cause I, I mean, I definitely like was there, but it wasn't to the extent that I was just like, like in freak out mode. Like, all right, I got to sell my house. I got to sell my car. I got to take my kids out of school. I like, like we're going to go hit the reset button and, and, and I got to completely change everything. Like it, that's what I would call like a knee jerk reaction. There was no knee jerk reaction. There was still some, some stress there, but it was an opportunity to trust God. And now that I'm on the other side of it, the, the trusting God part of it, um, I think allowed me to walk through that, that challenge to where I had that wide step. The adversity came near, but it didn't, it didn't impact what I was doing. And now I'm on the other side and, uh, I'm having to trust again because I, I'm in a new role at a new job. Uh, with new responsibilities, and I'm I don't know everything, and I'm constantly learning, and the the pace is furious. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I have to trust God. It's like, all right, God, I I like. There's only so much time in the day. There's only so much I can do, and there's right now just there's only so much I can retain. So I'm just I'm trusting you to to guide me to the things that I I need to do, take care of, the things that need to be done, where I can make the impact. Um, and then I'll just trust you that the rest of the stuff will, will take care of itself. You were in that same situation where from a business perspective, the pace is furious, the bills come and go and, and payroll happens and, and, and yeah, you, ha- you have to constantly find new customers and you have to, uh, train, hire, retain people. Like from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you're, you jumped into the rapids. And so you, for you asking to be comfortable in that is, is a bold prayer. It's a, it's a, it's a dangerous prayer, (laughs) but I think that if you know God's voice, you recognize that that's part of your calling. Yeah. You can have that comfortability there. Um, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's ever going to be a comfortability, but I don't think you feel like you're dying. I don't feel like you, you feel like, like this pain will always be here and I have to live with this pain you're allowed to focus on like kind of what's ahead. Um, I guess the best way to describe it, and this just popped into my head. So if it doesn't make sense, just tell me to shut up. But it's like riding a bike. Like if you're learning to ride a bike, mm-hmm. the first time you, you push down on that pedal and you fall over and you scrape your knee or hit your head or whatever, there, there's a lot of pain with that. Right. But as you start to ride a bike more, you get some confidence in your balance, your body adjusts and, and adapts. The danger is still there. The danger mm-hmm. of falling over and, 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 and getting hurt is still there. But I think what happens is you, you kind of block some of that out because you have confidence and trust in, in what you're doing and, and, and the experience that you have, that now you're focused on going faster. Or in some cases, you're focused on uh, or pursuing it because it's enjoyable. The danger's still there, mm-hmm. but there's people that are jumping off of rocks and going down crazy terrain or they're 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 going through like extremely difficult stuff that you would have like when you're first learning a bike you're just like this is i don't know why somebody would want to do that to the extent now where it's it's cathartic and fun for people to go mountain biking or or to do some of those things so i guess that is that comfortability within the the what what would be considered dangerous or or adversity that 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 adversity 
still remains. You can still fall in it. And sometimes it happens, but you know what, you know what that pain feels like, you know, that you can recover from it. And you, if you fall, you get back up and you keep going. Some cases you're so far into the trail, you got to ride out anyway. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you might still be uncomfortable, but the, what, what got you there is, is, uh, you, you go back to the reliability and trust that you have in that bike to carry you out of that trail, uh, out of that place that you went to. So, yeah. So you hit, there's I, one line. I think line there can be a comfortability. The there. bike is a good analogy. There's one line that hit my experience very well. When you talked about how if you, if you fall off a bike, you wreck on your mountain biking trick or whatever, hit the ground, you realize, your brain starts to realize, oh, I'm going to recover. Granted, I'm sure somebody can say, from a mountain biking standpoint, there are some things that you can't recover from. But we're talking about something your brain confidently understands that even if I do fall this few feet to the ground, lose my balance, I'm going to be fine. It's going to work out just fine. So I have a very strong sense that God has plans that I'm unaware of. This is where I get a lot of confidence because I've seen it over and over and over. I'm very, very confident that there are clients next week that God has laid out for me to call and they need better views help. I just don't know who they are. I just don't know they're going to call on Wednesday. I just got a call about two hours ago from a very great job, great opportunity, lots of great glass, beautiful home, um, homeowners in a place where he wants to do some serious care on his windows he understands the potential investment all those things so he may he may say no i mean he hasn't said yes yet but he called today so two days ago me freaking out about the job i need a week from now was already aligned it was already set up for him to call on Friday. Does that mean I just get to take off today? No, I'm here an answering phones. I'm making calls myself. I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do in my job, but I'm confident God has answers, clients. I, somebody texted me the other morning, a friend of mine. It's like, Hey man, come do my windows. It's like, okay, not, you don't even have to pitch it. You just got to go over there, count the windows. That's all you gotta do. So God had those two people in mind to fill up here a week or so from now that I was unaware of. And I think take this out of the window cleaning world and sales world. I think we got to get confident. In yeah. Our... Cause I'm getting a bit of a guilt trip that you haven't cleaned my windows. Hey man, you, you bumped me. You bumped. <laughs> hey, it's all right. Listen, I, I understood your situation. It's all right. Listen, it's okay. <laughs> your windows are going to be horribly dirty now and I, I'll probably have to upcharge it. It's, I guess that's what I have to do, but no, you're on a plan. So you'll get the full service at the discount, but yeah, we'll be back okay, in the spring. Uh, so people who are listening, trip who are not out. having to make payroll next week, who are not having to book a hundred percent of their work next week, you know, there's a guarantee. There's some sales guys listening right now. They're like, Oh, okay. God's got some clients for me. Some sales call sales calls are going to happen next week and it's going to fill my quota or hit my max or whatever their whoever describes their job description. But there are people who are not in sales, you know, they're doing something else that doesn't directly relate, but they are uncomfortable. And my, what would be similar in their situation is understanding that God has a plan for that uncomfortability that they are currently unaware of. And to spend this weekend freaking out about it, whenever you're listening to this, to spend the next couple days, the next five days freaking out emotionally about the thing you're unaware of that God's going to bring is just worthless. It's just not a good use of your energy. Go enjoy your family. Relax. God has a, and here's the other part I got to tell you, Evan. When I get been out of shape, when I get worked over and get caught up in worry or fear or concern, and I'm trying to do it myself, inevitably, one of two things happens. Either one, I burn all this energy, skip time with my family, don't relax on a Sunday, and just work myself over and over and over to the bone. And then zero of that mattered. Literally. The whole Jesus thing, it, it won't add one cubit to your stature, stature. None of it mattered because the answer God had, I didn't know about. Or worse, and this is what, man, this frustrates me, is I end up self-sabotaging a situation. I, oh, 
I'll cut in my world, I'll cut prices down. And the person's like, uh, okay. And they would never intend it. It almost even hurt the scenario because I devalued my product and right in front of them in order because I'm panicking need to get a bid. It's like, ah, oh, why don't I just listen to you, Lord? Why don't I just relax and go home? Like, why am I here at seven o'clock at night making, doing things that I need? I just go home, rest, trust you. That was me a year or two ago. So God, if you're in an uncomfortable situation, an uncomfortable place, we're talking about place. We haven't got to people yet. Are we even going to finish this? If you're in an uncomfortable place, God has a plan for that place. And you may not know all of that plan. And that's a tough part to swallow. But you're not God. So you don't get to decide whether or not you get to know the whole part of that plan. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think that uh, the bigger part of that, c- kind of talking about your analogy, is like we have our plan and God's plan is greater than our plan. And so he he puts us in a position where like he has a greater capacity um, for for what he wants for us than than what we could even potentially imagine. Um, and the funny thing is, like I I think of a quote that a, a friend of mine told me. Uh, he says uh, he has this picture of a turtle on top of a fence post. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? Uh, and uh, I have, but I love it. It's, it's yeah, it's essentially like, how how did that happen? <laughs> how, did, how did a turtle get on top of a fence post? And like for him, it's like when he trusts God, he's like a turtle on top of a fence post. It's like he gets into a situation that like you, you have no explanation for how how it's gotten to to be what it is. But that with God, that that's that's what happened. It, it's like through his own capabilities, there's no way that he would be able to get there. But with God, he he's able to achieve those things. And so I'm not saying that God wants to put you on a a fence post. But what I am saying is that <laughs> God will put you in a situation where like, it's indescribable of, of how you were able to get to that because it's not what you would have thought would have been the thing that he wanted, but you can look back at it and go only because of God that, that this is able to happen. So I guess as I talk through that, it seems a little bit more absurd, but it, it resonated with me. So, so we'll leave, we'll leave that in Just, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, th- and to kind of wrap this up, put a little bow on it. Um, I, Wit had said something to the effect of work with God and he'll work with you. Yeah. So it's still a relationship. It's not just a, okay, it's Monday and uh, I'm trusting God. So I'm just going to stay home and I'm not going to do anything because God's going to, God's going to, he's going to take care of it. Like there's, there's not a situation where where we don't do our part too. Like, so you're showing up to work. You're still advertising. You're, you're still, you're still doing those things we're talking a lot about windows right now. Um, so let's shift it over to relationship, right? Like you still have to build relationships. You still have to, like, mm-hmm. if you're a, a younger brother and you're, you're like, I, I don't know if I'm going to find the one for me to get married or, 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 you know, I, I want to have these things in my life. And, and so you're, you're kind of going through this checklist, you're feeling that pressure and you're just like, God, I want to trust you in it, but I feel like I should, you know, start dating all these people and, 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 and compromise on my standards or, or whatever it may be. God's going to work with you. You, you still got to do the work, right? You still got to put yeah. yourself out there and, and build relationships and be a good person. Yep. Uh, but trust God in that and he will work with you. And, you know, there could be instances where that rejection is protection, that, that God is, 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 is protecting you from something else. You don't see it. You're looking at it and be like, oh, I let that opportunity get away. But in reality, he's, he's protecting you, you through that. Uh, or he's preparing you so that when that big opportunity does come, you have the capacity to do it and you're not going to fail and fall on your face because you don't have the experience. Like if I were to get into the window cleaning business and I had no experience We'd cleaning windows you. and then, and, and then I'd na- like, I land this like monster account that Matt would, Matt would have been praying for. There's no way I'd be able to actually f- fulfill on it. So there would be no longevity to that. That's not going to do me any good. Right. Listen, God I can tell you a story me. about a window cleaner that wanted to land a huge account when he started the business and didn't get it. Yeah. Got passed over three times for said account. Yeah. Is his name Schmatt? <laughs> you, could, you could call him that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. It's me. It's me. Yeah. So I wanted a big job. And 
I knew the people. I had the connections. They knew me. I thought, this is a shoe-in. And this right here, this job, will it's going to make my bills. Like it's going, this is early on, very few bills, but it's going to make my bills. <laughs> I didn't get it. And I was frustrated. And then I started reading the Bible. And not for the first time, just recently Finally, after geez. that. And oh I was reading the uh, story about the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Hivites and the, all the ites that Joshua had to be a, build a beat in the promised land. And Pastor Willie George was telling the story, teaching on it. And he talked about how these little bitty, bitty victories were much easier to win individually than to try to go after the entire land of Canaan. Think about modern days, the difference between conquering Europe, which a couple of guys did try to do and were pretty darn successful, and conquering China. Well, because China is this huge, unified country, it's much harder to conquer all of China than it is to conquer little towns in little cities and little countries one at a time. So I thought, well, maybe that's it. I mean, because I was nickel and diamond getting small jobs, a bunch of them. And then it hits me one day. What if they change clients? What if one day they fire me and they're my only client? Then I don't have a business. Now, or at the time, I was thinking, I've got all these little clients. If one of them fires me, that's okay. I got a whole bunch more of little clients that are making up the same amount of revenue. Fast forward 10 years, and I did end up getting that job. I didn't get passed over twice, but I did end up getting that bid. And it now, here's the crazy thing. When I started, it would have been the whole business. Now it's less than 10%, which is there you go. a much better situation because now if they fire me, even though, oh, that's super disappointing because it's a nice less than 10%. Like it's still just less than 10%. I still got 97% or 96% of my stuff to uh, keep the bills coming, bills paying, keep people working, all that. So... And God just hey, maybe just do it. Just do a good job so you don't get fired. Like, man, yeah, I know that? that. I mean, I'm not a pro here, but listen, just maybe try. Don't take them for granted. You know man. us. I don't Let's take go. them for granted. We do good jobs. We get we do good work. <laughs> but listen, that doesn't mean what if they have hard times? What if they go? Uh, uh, all right. Get, what if their budget gets cut? Then they got to come to me yeah. and say, hey, my budget got cut. And I'm like, no, no. What do we got to do? What do we got to do to stay <laughs> in your budget? How do we stay above the line? <laughs> It happens, so I've been budget cut a few times okay. in my day. All right, fair enough. I, I can see where windows might might be lower on the uh, priority list yeah. when, when times are tight. It happens. Yeah, you got to be I ready. I can relate to that. Yeah, because you yeah. get that call and you're like, "Oh, daggum economy! Uh, <laughs> Come on, get back to <laughs> get back up there." <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good times. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you have a a direct line to the economy where you can talk to it. This is great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. This is what you are, right? Yeah. Just elect. Yeah. Hey, if you could just start working the economy in my favor, uh, here's the truth. That's a dumb sentence because God works the economy in my favor all the time. Listen, there we go. The moment. And I don't mean this from like, a see, see how easy it is to switch back over. Oh, it, it's so easy. Listen, God, God's ridiculous. I tell him all the time. It's like cheating. And I don't mean this in a bad, I mean, like, it's like, this is not fair, Lord. Like you just keep moving the, the pieces for me. Like, if the economy moves over there, you just be like, hey, go get the, that work over there. Oh, okay. I'll just go do that. I'll just go do that. And it's just, so I'm fine. Listen, you can echo and or uh, uh, moan all you want about gripe. That's the word I was looking for. You can gripe and moan all you want for um, on the economy. And I'm fine with that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, gas. It's high. Yeah. Oh, eggs. Ah! Uh, eggs, eggs. Economy's not my provider. Got it. I'm right? like, listen, yeah. we're still buying that goes, eggs. That goes back in that that trusting, following. Yep. Boom. All right, let's let's land this plane. We need yeah. to talk about people. Ah, uh, we do. You're right. You're right. The people part of it is, I, I feel like the the more kind of relatable part because, you know, for him, like God wants us to be around people. God wants us to have those relationships. He's a relational God, right? Yep. Like when you think, I was thinking about this this week. Like, uh, God is love, right? 
And like when you look at like found like really key verses in the Bible, like for God so loved the world, that's a that's a relational thing. And so for me, that's he has such a priority on that. Of course, people is going to be a big part of that, like his church, like like he wants he wants a people. He wants uh, us to go forth and multiply and, and, and and bring people to him like like he's always pursuing that. And, and that's, that's, that's a strong desire for him. So we play a part in that. Like I'm a person in order to be around, to, to, to fulfill the people part, I got to be around more persons. And so that relationship side of it, um, is important. And so for us, right, that's a brotherhood. A brotherhood is a group of, a, a group of men, a group of brothers that are, uh, like he said, locked in arms and, and we're pursuing Christ. We're following Christ. So as a brotherhood, we're following Christ. And a lot of that accountability, a lot of that encouragement and a lot of God's ability to speak through, uh, our brothers that ties in very closely to how God can communicate with us and, and encourage us and, and, and really get us to where we need to go. Because like, when you think about somebody who is struggling, the natural tendency is isolation, right? It's embarrassment. It's uh, I failed or I'm failing. And so I'm going to withdraw. And a brotherhood has to be bold enough to recognize and have the relationship with that person to pursue them and pull them out of that. And that's the kind of brotherhood that we want to the extent that Whit essentially talked about. It. He's like, you know, in, in brotherhood, we have to get past just sitting at a table and eating breakfast and listening to a speaker, which we've been talking about for a very long time, but he's just, he's echoing that relational side of brotherhood. And we talk about it a lot, right? We think that brotherhood is, is bigger than a breakfast. It's bigger than kind of the movement, if you will, that that we see in it. Um, You know, some, some of that's tied to the podcast, right? You know, we'll take a little bit of credit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But what brotherhood really is, is, is that relationship with those people around you pursuing that. And I think that the brotherhood breakfast creates opportunity for relationship. That's really what it is. So it's an opportunity for us to, to follow God. It's a, it's an opportunity for us to uh, be reminded of the things that we need to do, but to steal a mountain man phrase, the breakfast is just the excuse Mm -hmm. because really what brotherhood is, is community. And it's it's like-minded individuals pursuing Christ, being vulnerable, uh, building relationships so that we can celebrate each other when we are, are walking and, and accomplishing the things that God has for us. And we're encouraging each other uh, and, and, and offering a hand to those that are struggling. And that's the picture of what, what God wants from a, from a, a people standpoint. Uh, in the, uh, the Hebrews 11.8, he was called to a place where he was didn't know where he was going, but he was called to a people. Um, and that it's not just like, hey, I'm going to go stand over here and, all right, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in this place now. He's calling you to relationship. He's calling you to, um, to a group of people that you can individually impact, build a relationship with, and it's mutually beneficial. And you, allow, you can allow God to work those, through those relationships um, because in that, God can do more through you. And uh, he, he essentially said, there's no telling what brotherhood can do through, or there's no telling what a brotherhood could do through, did I write that? I didn't write that down right. There's no telling what God can do through a brotherhood that's tuned into his voice and well, following good. him. That's good. That's and, real good. Uh, that, that's why I think brotherhood is so important to make a priority, to pursue those relationships. Uh, th- this will go against the podcast, but if you just listen to the podcast, that's great. But there's no there's no relationship with that. Nope. That you you're, you're not going to get the true benefit of brotherhood, but just by listening to the podcast, you're going to get the true benefit of brotherhood by engaging with the brotherhood, by going to the breakfast. Yep. Building those conversations before and after. Uh, following up through text message, through phone calls, serving together, you know, f- finding those opportunities to do life together. That's the capital B brotherhood. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's huge. Close proximity creates an opportunity for God to give you some different information. So, you know, when you are meditating, we started this out with the importance of meditating on the Word of God. God kind of illuminates and reveals things. One of the stories Pastor Witt told briefly after that was about doing some analysis on the staffing and everything there at Church on the Move, which he's the leader of, we're part of, we don't work there, we just volunteer, but that they just got, they didn't get great reports from the um, the environment. It's an analysis on the environment, analysis on the environment of their workplace. So they didn't get great reports. Uh, if you want to know what he said about it, go listen to the podcast. So that's one of the ways he, if, I don't know if you caught that. He says God spoke to him in that way by giving him some results he didn't like. And that's some of the results you like, some of the results you don't like when you're in a close proximity with a brother in a brotherhood. God can speak to you and kind of show you, hey, you see that over there? That's where I want you to be in your life. Or you see this level of discipline, holiness, uh, the way this guy's serving his wife? That's, the, that's where I want you to go. They could, it could be things that you don't even know are possible. You just never saw them. So you didn't know. You know, I had a friend years ago before I moved back to Oklahoma, and what, he got married. I mean, I didn't get married until I moved back. It was several years after that. But I, watching him take care of his wife, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm kind of a jerk. Like, I'm a little bit, ugh. I know it's hard to believe. But it's uh, <laughs> the uh, – and I, so his example – it pressured me. I, he didn't know that. He didn't know. It's not like he sat me down and said, Matt, you don't, you're not going to do a very good job at this. It's obvious. So let me tell you some of the ways you need to treat your wife. He didn't say that. He never did that. He just was empty yeah, in the you dishwasher. Probably, you probably would have, you probably would have bowed up and, and been like, dang right. I would have. I've been like, don't tell me what yeah. to do. Who do you think you, you are? Think, man? <laughs> so it goes back to listening. Yeah. It goes back, back to listening. So God will do that. There's times I'll be walking by conversations and just catch him at the breakfast. And you're just listening a little bit as you're in and out, saying hi or whatever. And God has answered questions, the prayers I've had to him in that conversation that I wasn't a part of. Just I just heard just enough, and he's like, there's your answer. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Lord. That's so good. And then sometimes I'm like, ah, that hurts, Lord. That hurts. That, I'm going to have to, that's going to take me a couple weeks to really deal with. And he's like, okay, I'll give you the time. So that proximity of a brotherhood, that's different than being in your car driving to the next sales call or driving cross country and you're listening to a couple dudes talk about scripture or you're listening to Pastor Witt, you know, give a message on scripture. Like that's a, now God will still speak to you. Obviously, we started with that, but the stuff you don't want to hear a lot of times, and that's where Pastor Witt used uh, the wife example, but the stuff you don't want to hear a lot of times comes from close proximity to people you like and you'll hear it from even though you're not expecting them to say that thing that you don't want to hear. Yeah. They have a, they have authority to speak into your life. And, and I think, I think you're more apt to listen to them when it's a person that has authority in your life. Yeah. Um, I think what, what, what was kind of pushing out earlier is even if they don't have authority in your life, you probably should still try you know, listen like that's like, that's the, the feedback that you're going to get or the, the direction that you're going to get from God is not always going to come from somebody who has like, a huge amount of authority in your life there. He could just be shining a light on something and, and you're, you're recognizing, Hey, this is something that, that I need to listen to, even though the source that it's coming from is not a source that you want to hear from. And, uh, that I, I think, I think it makes it more like difficult there, but I think there's a message in that too, where God's saying, Hey, you know, I, I need, I need you to do this. And, and it's, it's going to come from all sources until you listen because he's patient and he's persistent, mm -hmm. and uh, you know he 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 has a plan, and he will achieve that plan. He may achieve that plan without you. <laughs> Actually, he so, will. If you know, don't get involved, he yeah. will achieve that plan without you. That's a yeah. And you're like, crucial. Oh, that could have been me. Like, yeah. You, it, and that's the difference between uh, you know the 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 pain and discomfort of of doing it now versus the pain of regret. And I think that those are. The pain of regret, you can't do anything about. The pain and discomfort of being uncomfortable right now is temporary. Regret, regret has a much longer shelf life. 
And so you don't, don't put yourself in that position. Follow God, trust God, hear his voice, understand that he has a place for you, that he's put you in that place for a purpose and that he's called you to people. He's called you to relationship. He's called you to a brotherhood that is there to encourage, motivate you, challenge you and hold you accountable. Um, a, a wise, a wise man named Dion Sanders mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, said something, <laughs> Mr. Prime time himself said, uh, you will quit on yourself. If, if, if you are the only reason, the, the purpose of doing what you do, you will quit on yourself. There's, I, I can talk myself out. My, my, uh, my flesh, my body, my mind can talk myself out of something that I want to do pretty easily. It's true. Like, oh, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run 10 miles, and I get about half a mile in, and I'm like, like nah, maybe just that. five. Maybe <laughs> just five. Maybe, maybe two. Maybe, maybe just one, and I'll walk some of it. Yeah, there you go. You'll, you'll quit on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to have those people around you that are encouraging you. It's much harder to, to quit on others. That's why they say to write down your goals, share it with other people and 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 put it out there because that accountability is stronger than your own willpower. And That's and there's good. definitely some truth to that. That's why you need that brotherhood, because you, you will quit on yourself. That's good. You will compromise, you will take the shortcut. Mm-hmm. Um it's with it's within your human nature to fight that. So pursue God, pursue uh Pursue that place that he has for you. Learn to, to listen, to understand his voice, meditate on what he has to say, and uh, pursue that capital B brotherhood. It's good. It's real good. Yeah. There you go. Brothers, remember, honor all people. Love the bro- brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. We'll catch you on the next podcast, right? Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Wait. Hey, I did want to say real quick, uh, Dave Jewett. For the next brotherhood, yeah, be there. One, you're one degree. Make a you're difference. You're one degree. So, a um, couple things to think about. I, man, did I did I do an interview? I think I did an interview with Dave Jewett when, when they originally did the um, the Your One Degree small group. I want to say if you scroll back and look at some past podcasts, there is uh, a podcast of Dave Jewett talking about Your One Degree. Uh, really really great information there if you haven't done that small group i think the small groups are opening up like this week or next so jump into that but dave uh i'm really excited for for him to to speak to our group he he has just a wealth of knowledge um in in helping you to align and find god's purpose god's purpose for you through your experience uh and through like you know, the path that your life is taking you on so far. So really, really excited about that. So first Friday of the month, uh, February, and uh, we'll see you there. So might see you there. Are you going to come this time? You don't even know. That's a good question. You don't even know. That's a good question. We've made a very strong case for me to be there. Uh, So I got to hold myself accountable and recognize that I need to be in the room. I need to to do it. I mean, quit on the brotherhood. I get it. I appreciate. See, this is brotherhood in action right here. Right here. You are holding me accountable. Right in I love your it. face. I love it. I'll be there. I'll be there. All right. I'll be looking.